Chapter 8 of Niels Klim's Journey Under the Ground. This LibriVox recording is in the public domain. Chapter 8 The Academies of Patu. In this kingdom are three academies one in Patu, one in Kiba, and one in Nahami. The sciences taught in them are history, political economy, mathematics, and jurisprudence. Their theological creed is so short that it can be written on two pages. It contains this doctrine simply, that God, the creator of all things, shall be loved and honored, and that he will, in another life, reward us for our virtues and punish us for our vices. Theology forms no part of an academical course, as it is forbidden by law to discuss these matters. Neither is medicine numbered among the studies, for as the trees live moderately, there is no such thing as internal disease. The students are employed in solving complicated and difficult questions, and he who most elegantly and clearly explains his question is entitled to a reward. No one studies more than one science, and thus each gets a full knowledge of his peculiar subject. The teachers themselves are obliged to give each year a proof of their learning. The teachers of philosophy are required to solve some problem in morals. The historians, to elaborate some passage in history. The jurists, to elucidate some intricate point of law. These last are the only professors expected to be good orators. I told them that the study of rhetoric was common to all students in our colleges, and that all studies were merged in it. They disapproved of this, saying that should all mechanics strive to make a masterly shoe, the work of most would be bad, and the shoemakers alone would win the prize. Besides these academies, there are preparatory gymnasiums, where great pains are taken to discover the bent of the young, that they may be brought up in that science to which they are best fitted. While I was at the seminary of Kiba, the bishop had four sons there, preparing for a military course. Four others, whose father was a counselor, were learning mechanical arts, and two maidens were studying navigation. The rank and sex of the scholars are entirely overlooked in their regard to fitness and propriety. He who challenges another to fight loses forever his right to use weapons, and is condemned to live under guardianship as one who cannot curb his passions or temper his judgment. I observe that the names of parties who go to law are kept secret from the judge, he not being an inhabitant of the place where the trial is carried on. The object of this singular law is to prevent all partiality and bribery on the part of the judge, by withholding from him all knowledge of the influence or property of the litigants. Justice is executed without regard to persons. The king, indeed, is not required to appear in court, but after death his memory is put to the bar of public opinion, and his life is vindicated or condemned through the people's advocates. This trial takes place before the Senate, and judgment is freely pronounced according to the weight of the evidence. A herald proclaims the decision, which is inscribed on the king's monument. The words used in these trials are, praiseworthy, good, not bad, moderate, tolerable. Sentence must be pronounced by one of these words. The Patuans give the following reason for this custom. The living king cannot be brought to justice without causing rebellion. As long as he lives, the people owe to him blind obedience and constant reverence. 
but when the king is dead, the bond between them is dissolved, and his memory belonging to them, they are bound to justify it as his virtues and vices principally affected themselves. The Patuan annals show that for centuries only one king has received the last degree of judgment, tolerable, or in their tongue, rip fasi. This was King Miklita. Although the Patuans are well versed in arms, and defend themselves bravely when attacked, they never make war on others. But this king, excited by a miserable desire to extend the borders of his empire, entered into an offensive war with his neighbors, and subdued many of them. The Patuans gained, indeed, in power and wealth, but they suffered more from the loss of friendship and the increase of fear and envy in the conquered. The honorable regard for justice and equality, to which they had hitherto owed their prosperity and supremacy, began from that time to fade. On the death of Miklita, however, the people recovered from their folly and showed their regret for it, while at the same time they regained the goodwill of their neighbors by putting a blot upon the memory of their ruler. But to return to myself, I took but little pleasure in associating with my companions, a set of absurd trees who constantly ridiculed me for my quick perception. This quality, I have already said, I was blamed for, very early in my career, but by learned trees, with grave and dignified complacence. These saplings, on the contrary, pestered me with silly nicknames. For example, they took a malicious delight in calling me Skaba, which means an untimely or unripe thing. End of chapter 8 Recording by Alan Winteroud BoomCoach.blogspot.com